Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. We'll be back with today's guests, but first, let's hear from our podcast sponsors that make it all possible. We want to thank Violet Defense for their support of the Educational AD Podcast. Violet Defense is dedicated to protecting our world from germs by bringing the power of UV disinfection to everyday spaces. Their patented technology enables them to harness the power of the sun to incorporate ultraviolet light into products and environments like never before. Whether you're ready to implement some of their existing products, or if you'd like to explore researching and developing a custom deployment of their technology for your school, Violet Defense has the solutions and the experience you need. Go to violetdefense.com to check out some of their impressive products that you can use at your school. We also want to thank Sideline Interactive for their support of the podcast. You know, it's becoming harder and harder to fund an athletic department these days, but Sideline Interactive's indoor scoring tables and video boards can generate $10,000 or more every year, while also creating excitement in the gym and the ultimate game day experience for your student athletes. Go to sidelineinteractive.com or call 832-786-0302 to schedule a live web demo and see their tables and boards in action. You can also email them at sales at sidelineinteractive.com. That's sales at sidelineinteractive.com. We also want to thank Wall of Fame by Vital Signs. You know, they are on a mission to bring your school's legacy to life. They provide a variety of interactive touchscreen video consoles, along with an extensive library of templates to make it easier than ever to recognize the athletic achievements of your students, both past and present. For ideas on how to showcase your school's diverse history, along with your proudest moments, go to vitalsignswalloffame.com or learn more and get started with your own digital Wall of Fame tribute. Call them at 614-981-3589 or you can email them at sales at vitalsignswalloffame.com. That's vitalsignswalloffame.com. I promise you, you will not be disappointed. We also want to thank Huddle for their support. Remember at Huddle, we power sports. Over 180,000 teams, including some of the best in the world, use Huddle to help their athletes and their teams play better. Huddle's the complete performance platform. They have online tools, mobile and desktop apps, smart cameras like the Huddle Focus. Of course, there's analytics and a whole lot more. Huddle's built for every level of play, from club and youth teams all the way through high school and college programs. And even the professional ranks are using Huddle to help their athletes play better. You're in pretty good company with over 6 million users, including your student athletes, a lot of their parents, and the coaches of the teams you're trying to get to recruit your kids. If you want to find out more about what Huddle can do for you and how your school can become a Huddle school, go to Huddle.com and talk to their professionals. Remember, at Huddle, we power sports. We also want to thank Athletic Surveys for their support. Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack are a quick, easy, and affordable way for you to collect comprehensive data that allows you to evaluate and improve your athletic program. 
Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack also puts you in touch with the 95% of the parents and the student athletes who really love your program. And it gives them a voice to help demonstrate the importance that a positive athletic experience has for them. Go to Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack and check out their testimonials and then give them a call at 1-800-738-6466 or you can email them at info at athleticsurveys.com to get started. If you've never used a survey to take the pulse of the parents and the student athletes in your program, you're really missing out. Talk to the folks at Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack and let them help you take your athletic department from good to great. And we wanna say thank you to Hometown Ticketing, the leading digital ticketing provider to schools and colleges. You can learn more about what Hometown Ticketing can do for you and your program by going to hometownticketing.com. Hometown Ticketing, simple and easy online ticketing. Welcome back everyone to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. We are going to the great state of Alaska for the very first time. And we're going to visit with Sandy Wagner. Sandy is a certified athletic administrator. Um, she's a longtime athletic director in the state of Alaska, and she's currently uh, an associate director with the Alaska School Activities Association. Uh, also very active uh, nationally. She's the NIAAA liaison for the state of Alaska. Uh, Sandy, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Glad to be here. Um, well, not sure I what I can give, what information I can give you, but. We're here to move forward, so. Well, we're looking forward to it. Uh, I, I want to give acknowledgement to uh, our uh, mutual friend, uh, Rich Barton uh, from Utah for, you know, connecting us at the recent NIAAA conference in uh, Denver. So, Rich, if you're listening, thanks for doing this. Um, Sandy, we always like to let our listeners have a chance to get to know our guests. So, Tell them a little bit about yourself, you know, where you were born, where you grew up and went to school and, and maybe how your path has led you now to your current position in Alaska. Okay, well, I was uh, born and raised in Washington, uh, attended high school on Mercer Island, uh, attended the University of Washington, got my degree, my undergraduate and my master's from uh, my husband got a job in Juneau, Alaska. And I was like, huh, okay, well, let's <laughs> we'll move to Juneau, Alaska. And that was not the track I was on at all, being an educator. I was the director of a cardiac rehab program at the time. So I do have a medical background also. Um, anyway, moving to Juneau, um, found that there wasn't a lot other than education. So I got into education and spent 31 years in the school district down there. I uh, <clears throat> was the AD for 20 some, 26 years, I think. Uh, coached volleyball, coached soccer. I uh, did a little bit of coaching of basketball, um, taught classes. You know, Juno's small enough that you do anything and everything that you're assigned. <laughs> and so I, I did, I did it all. Um, then I uh, got, after 31 years of being in the district, a position opened up. A, Alaska School Activities Association, and I've been here. This is going on my sixth year, so we're running all the state tournaments, and I love it. Yeah, for um, someone that's not familiar, you know, with your 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 background, you certainly have you know tremendous uh, number of accomplishments. 
Uh, take us back to some of those early days uh, when you made that transition into athletic administration. You know, uh, what were some of the challenges? What were some of the differences from, you know, what an AD might experience now? Oh, boy. Well, the main reason I got into uh, athletic being the athletic director was um, the lady that was doing it stepped down and she stepped down in July and we had activities starting in first day of August. Um, and so my principal, who was a huge proponent of activities, I, I can't tell you how much easier that made my job because I know there's ADs that have admin that don't really support them, but 100%, he attended every game he could, he attended every event. He, anyway, he came to me and he said, you have an athletic background, would you be the part-time AD for us? And that turned into 26 years of being an AD. So um, the challenges, uh, Juneau, Alaska is landlocked. So the only way you can get in and out of Juneau is either by ferry or your own boat or airplane. Um, and so that was probably the biggest challenges that I had, because of course I came from Washington, you drove everywhere, was <laughs> figuring out how to get teams to and from Juno to play. And um, when I took over as an AD, we finally were struggling. School district did not pay for anything. So in the next four or five years, we got to the point where we were no longer struggling. We had money in the bank and we were raising well over a million dollars every year so that we could keep our activities going. And that was 100% the support of the community. They knew that activities were important. They knew that we had to keep our kids engaged. Um, and so we did, we worked very, very hard to raise a million dollars every year. And anything you've ever heard of as far as fundraising, we do it. <laughs> I, nobody can tell me that there's a new, new way to fundraise because I've done it all. So uh, anyway, yeah, that's the newest, biggest challenge was the travel and getting teams to come to Juno and getting my teams out of Juno and um, letting them play. And our play schedule is so different than anybody else's. We would get on a ferry on a Thursday morning. We would end up 18 hours later in the community we were gonna play in. We would play, <laughs> we would play games Friday. We would play games Saturday. We'd get back on the ferry Sunday morning and we'd end up back at school on Monday morning. And that was just a very standard practice for us. And, you know, most people don't play soccer games back to back. When we, we, anytime we traveled, we'd play a minimum of three soccer games in a row. Um, and same with basketball, same, same with all of our sports. But those were kind of the ones that were the biggest challenge because people didn't want to play back to back games with us. So, anyway. Um. Just fascinating uh, stuff, I, and my mind is racing. There's about ten different questions I want to ask. Um, you know, you grew up uh, in Washington, as as I did. You know, Southwest Washington. Uh, I think when people uh, hear Alaska, they, at least for me, I, I think the uh, stereotype is uh, you know it's winter, 365 degrees or days a year, and it's it's you know there's uh, you know what is what kind of weather challenges did you have in, in, in Juneau? I know that's a little bit Southern Alaska, but it's not like it's a 
you know, Florida for me, you know, what, what kind of weather uh, challenges did you experience as an AD? Well, <clears throat> again, Southeast Alaska is definitely different. We get snow during the winter, but nothing like we get up here in Anchorage or in Fairbanks. And we didn't get the bitter cold, um, but winds, high winds, you know, if there were high winds, planes didn't fly, ferries didn't run. Um, so those were definitely challenges. Um, and then, you know, playing outside, <laughs> and track, uh, softball. There's a lot of times where we played in weather that nobody in the lower 48 would ever consider. You know, we're pouring down rain and we've got gusts of winds up to 30 and 40 miles an hour. We're still playing because once the team gets there, you're not sending them away without a game. Um, and so, you know, the, the, the officials, the kids, we learn to play through it and safety is a huge issue. Um, we always would not play if safety was a concern, but again, games that we canceled down in the lower, down in Washington, we didn't even come close to canceling in Alaska. Uh, I, I guess that, that uh, concept of uh, toughness, uh, you know, uh, you know, probably came up a, a little bit. Yeah. Very, very cool stuff. For our listeners, we're visiting with Sandy Wagner, longtime athletic director in the state of Alaska and uh, currently an associate director with the Alaska School uh, Activities Association. We're going to be back some more, but let's take a quick break and hear from one of our podcast sponsors. We want to thank Huddle for their support of the Educational AD Podcast. Remember, at Huddle, we power sports. Over 180,000 teams, including some of the best in the world, use Huddle to help their athletes and their teams play better. Huddle's the complete performance platform. They have online tools, mobile and desktop apps, smart cameras like the Huddle Focus. Of course, there's analytics and a whole lot more. Huddle's built for every level of play, from club and youth teams up through high schools and colleges, and even professional programs use Huddle to help their teams play better. You're in pretty good company with over 6 million users, including your student athletes, a lot of their parents and the coaches of the teams you're trying to get to recruit your kids. If you want to find out more about what Huddle can do for you and your program or how your school can become a Huddle school, go to huddle.com and talk to their professionals. Remember, at Huddle, we power sports. We're back with Sandy Wagner, Certified Athletic Administrator and Associate Director for the Alaska School Activities Association. Sandy, we always ask our guests about the mentors that they've had in their life. Uh, none of us got here on our own. So who are some of the folks that helped you along the way? Uh, the expression I like to use is, I still hear those voices in my head. So uh, whose voice do you still hear? Probably the main one is a gentleman by the name of Ron Gleason. He was my principal that uh, hired me to come on as a part-time AD, um, the gentleman that I said 100% supported activities. And I, there's no way I would be where right now without him. He um, taught me what it meant to be an AD. He um, gave me the rope or the reins to do what I wanted, but with his support, um, I, I just, my heart goes out to some ADs when I hear that they do not have support of their administration um, or that their administration doesn't really care what they do because <laughs> that's not the way it should be. And um, after Ron, 
Um, I think he was my principal when I was the AD for about six years, maybe not quite that long. I had lots of other principals and he, but him by far and away was the biggest support I had and trained and let me know what needed to be done. Um, in Alaska, we have six regions and all of these regions are based basically on geography. So in our region where Juneau was, um, there's about 19, 20 schools and they go from um, the 1A level, which is any school that has less than 50 kids in it, which is kind of unheard of any place else. And then to the largest schools, which was Juneau at um, about 1200 at the time. And there was a gentleman that was the president of that region for a few years by the name of Dave Dirksen, that also was a huge mentor. Um, I sat on that board for 26 years. I was the president for 14 years. And again, he kind of showed me and taught me what it was like for these small schools, because we worked with small schools. I know in a lot of states, if you're a 5A school, you really don't even associate with your B schools or your 1A schools. Well, that's not the case in Alaska. We work with them, we play against them. And what happens in small villages is entirely different than what happens in our big schools. And so he mentored me to the point where I felt like coming to the Alaska Activities Association, I knew what it was like to work in the village schools and I knew what it was like to work in the large schools. And so I had the experience of all of them. Yeah, there's, uh, I had uh, the privilege of working in some smaller schools over my career. And, you know, you know, there's just so many different things that you end up doing as an AD in those small schools that at a larger school, you've got that support staff uh, that's, that's going to take care of some of those things for you. So uh, sure. you know, absolutely, that small school experience is invaluable. Sandy, um, again, you know, you and I have been in the profession for a number of years, uh, but we have a lot of younger listeners to the podcast. And I think it's important to talk about the journey that we all take, um, you know, getting involved with our state association and then hopefully getting involved at the national level. So share that a little bit. Uh, How did you first uh, get involved at the state level and how did that develop into your involvement with NIAAA? How did I first get involved? Well, again, um, I took over as an AD with nobody else there. And in our region, every school has one person that sits on the board. And that was me. (laughs) Um, And so that's kind of how I got started with that. Um, I got a passion for being an athletic director and helping kids in all activities. Um, it, It was interesting that you kind of move around and talk with different kids and there'd be groups that say, well, you guys don't support us. It's well, time out. Yeah, I do. I support every kid in every activity and it doesn't matter if it's music because we do activities also. As an AD, I did all the activities. I was in charge of our music department. I was in charge of the drama debate and forensics. I was in charge of world language. So academic decathlon, it, you know, a lot of states that's only the athletic director but not where I am, we do it all. Um, And so getting involved and making sure that every single coach, every single advisor knew that they were um, valued and what they were doing with their kids was valued. And I think my biggest challenge when I first started was getting equity um, kind of across the board. We didn't give cheerleaders any gym time. And I said, no, that's not right. 
they're athletes, they need gym time. So we need to figure out a way to get them gym time. Da same with our dance team. They didn't ever get any time. Um, you know, boys always had the prime practice times. And I said, no, nope, we're not doing it that way. We're, <laughs> we're going to make it equitable across the board. Um, there wasn't a lot of, and I'm dating myself, but there wasn't a lot of females involved in athletics at that time other than as coaches. And so it, it uh, I don't ever feel it was a hurdle. Um, and I felt like I could communicate with everybody and we did fine. But yeah, it, those were, I don't know if I answered you. I kind of got sidetracked, sorry. <laughs> no, it, it's a great, great point. Um, I think if that team, whatever that team is, and you mentioned, you know, cheer and dance, uh, you know, now a lot of schools are, are having esports teams, yep. you know, if they're a team, if they're representing the school, they have that name across their jersey or their jacket, hey, you need to take care of them. Uh, they need to be just as important as, you know, those other teams that maybe have a, a bigger following. So, you know, very, very valuable point. We're going to do this at the end of the podcast, but if one of our listeners wanted to reach out and pick your brain a little bit more, uh, what's the best way that they can reach out and get in contact with you? Well, probably well, either email or phone. Um, I, I will admit up front social media, not my thing at all whatsoever. <laughs> um, I'm lucky if I answer my phone when it rings. So <laughs> I, um, they, I mean, I have no problem with them calling me, but probably best con first contact would be email. And then we would go from there. So okay. that, that's the best for me because that's about the only thing I do that's electronic. Right. And uh, Sandy's email contact information, it's on the NIAAA portal. If you haven't been to uh, the portal, you need to go there. You know, just type in Sandy Wagner and you know, her email address uh, will pop up. Uh, we are visiting with uh, Sandy Wagner, Certified Athletic Administrator. Uh, she's an uh, Associate Director with the Alaska School Activities Association. We're going to be back with some more. Please stay with us. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We also want to thank Wall of Fame by Vital Signs for their support. You know, Wall of Fame is on a mission to bring your school's legacy to life. They provide a variety of interactive touchscreen video consoles, along with an extensive library of templates to make it easier than ever to recognize the athletic achievements of your students, both past and present. For more ideas on how to showcase your school's diverse history, along with your proudest moments, go to vitalsignswalloffame.com or learn more and get started with your own digital Wall of Fame tribute. Call them at 614-981-3589 or you can email them at sales at vitalsignswalloffame.com. That's sales at vitalsignswalloffame.com. You really need to check out their tremendous products. Welcome back. We're visiting with Sandy Wagner, Certified Athletic Administrator, Associate Director for the Alaska School Activities Association and longtime AD in the state of Alaska. Sandy, one of the things we try to do with this podcast is the idea of sharing best practices, you know, tips that are going to help all ADs. So uh, looking back over your long career, uh, what are some best practices that uh, you can share? Maybe things that uh, you saw at another school or even initiatives that you might have started at one of your schools. Uh, do you have anything you can share with us? 
Yeah, I think probably the thing that I learned after two or three years is um, doing very formal evaluations on my coaches was not very successful. Um, I found that if I attended practice, even if it was just walking through the gym um, on a regular basis, I would try to get to every team um, at least twice a week. And again, I didn't necessarily spend much time there, um, but they knew I was there. They knew things were present. The coaches knew they could contact me. And then if I saw anything, I would sit down and meet with the coaches, but, you know, and things that they needed to work on um, that to me, we started with a very formal evaluation, you know, where you sit down and you go through everything. And for me, me going to their practices on a regular basis, which was much more effective because that's, I guess, the way I communicate um, and that I work best was more informal than formal. And um, so for me, that was a great practice. I, I yeah. <laughs> you know, everybody's got to find the style that works for them, but that's exactly what I did. I, I just hated that long checklist, you know, district generated document, uh, just going and watching them, talking with them periodically, you know, hey, how's it going? Or, you know, hey, I, I noticed the other day, you know, you were you know, yelling at Billy or something, you know, uh, did, did that work out? Uh, and then at the end of the season, you know, asking them, you know, what do you think you needed to, you need to improve on? Or what would you like to improve on? And, and trying to, you know, make it more personal, more collaborative, you know, if there was, as I always told the coaches, if, if, if we were not going to renew you, uh, you knew well before that meeting at the end of the season, you know, it's stuff that we had already talked about and, you know, just wasn't working out. It didn't happen a lot, but uh, uh, I really, you know, like, you know, what you shared about, you know, just seeing them at practice and talking to them. Okay. You and I are very similar in that regards because I would do the same thing, have a communication with them at the end, but it was all about them communicating with me and what I helped them with and how to make their lives easier along with them becoming better. So, and the other kind of best practice that made a huge difference for me is I instituted a, um, what do I want to call it, a independent learning class. Um, where I would have kids come in one period, it depended on the kids, but, and they were my assistants and they learned how to run a basketball tournament. They learned what needed to be done to run a volleyball tournament. They, um, anyway, that was huge because I didn't have anybody else. It was me running all 26 sports. And um, so getting the kids involved and getting them credit to learn how to be an AD was, that, that was a huge step for us. And I don't know if they're still doing it down there, but that made all the difference in the world. That was another best practice. It took me a few years to get it through to our school that they would approve giving credit to kids, but I could show them that these kids put in more time and more hours and learned more in you know one semester than a lot of kids learn in five semesters of the same class. So that was another kind of best practice for me. Well, and, and that's another one that uh, that I used. I was never able to get the, the credit component uh, through my schools, but we did uh, provide those kids with service hours because uh, you're absolutely right. The time that they invested uh, in helping the athletic department, you know, it just really was a lifesaver. Um, going back to that idea of, you know, small schools where you're trying to do everything. Very cool stuff. Yeah. 
again, for our listeners, we're visiting with Sandy Wagner, certified athletic administrator, longtime AD in the state of Alaska. We're going to be back with some more. Let's take another quick break and hear from another podcast sponsor. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We also want to say thank you to Violet Defense for their support. Violet Defense is dedicated to protecting our world from germs by bringing the power of UV disinfection to everyday spaces. Their patented technology enables them to harness the power of the sun to incorporate ultraviolet light into products and environments like never before. Whether you're ready to implement existing products, or if you'd like to explore researching and developing a custom deployment of their technology for your school, Violet Defense has the solutions and the experience you need. Thanks again to Violet Defense for their support of the podcast and go to violetdefense.com for more information. We're back with our interview with Sandy Wagner, certified athletic administrator. Sandy, um, we've always asked our athletic directors uh, this question about how can an AD do a better job these days of being socially aware for their students, for the coaches, for the community. Uh, do you have any advice for us? Um, I don't know if I have any new advice or anything that's completely different, but um, in, in Alaska, of course, we have a very large, um, I don't want to call it native population, so that's not politically correct right now, but we do. Um, and that was always something we had to be very, I had to be very aware of from the first day that I started. And what I found worked really well was to put, we put a group together, I guess you could call it a board, um, an activities committee um, that included, you know, females, it included uh, the native population, it included um, any, you know, as many different kinds of people that we could um, and listen to what they had to say. Um, and that to me helped us figure out what was going on. Um, and then we'd take, I'd take that information to our region and we'd talk about the issues that were happening in the region. You know, we were not um, getting, the smaller schools weren't getting what they needed. And that to me was the thing that worked the best um, is just putting a group together of people concerned or interested people in your community to talk about activities and what you can do and how you move forward and what's not working. And I also believe that was one of the main ways we were able to raise a million dollars is because we got the community involved. It was not us just telling them what was happening. It was them telling us what they needed and how we could make things better and how we could you know, support every group out there. That's, that's what worked for us. Oh, yeah. It sounds like, you know, just a great combination of, you know, communication and collaboration, uh, you know, reaching out, listening to the students, you know, getting their input and letting them be part of the process. Right. Yeah. Well, Sandy, this has been really cool uh, connecting with you. Again, I want to give a big shout out to Rich Barton for, uh, for uh, connecting us. Oh, but yeah. we're not done yet. Okay. okay. We always have to. We always like to wrap up with what we call the athletic director's toolbox. We've already established that you're certainly a veteran athletic director, but in a moment, I'm going to task you with sending out a brand new AD on the very first job, but I'm only going to let you put three things 
in their toolbox. Uh, we're gonna take a quick break and hear from Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack that sponsor our segment. And then we're gonna come back and find out what Sandy Wagner is gonna put in her Athletic Director toolbox. Please stay with us. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We wanna thank Athletic Surveys for sponsoring the AD Toolbox segment. Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack are a quick, easy, and affordable way for you to collect comprehensive data that allows you to evaluate and improve your entire athletic department. Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack also connects you to the 95% of the parents and the student athletes who really love your program. And it gives them a voice to help demonstrate the importance that a positive athletic experience has for them. Go to athleticsurveys.com and check out their testimonials and then give them a call at 1-800-738-6466 or you can email them at info at athleticsurveys.com to get started. If you've never used a survey to take the pulse of your parents or your student athletes, you're really missing out. Talk to the folks at Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack and let them help you take your athletic program from good to great. Well, it's that time. Uh, we're visiting with Sandy Wagner, Certified Athletic Administrator, longtime AD in the state of Alaska. Sandy, um, I'm gonna task you with sending out a brand new AD, but I'm only gonna let you put three things in their toolbox. What three items? are gonna go in Sandy Wagner's athletic director toolbox? This is a tough question because when I started, the toolbox looked entirely different than it looks now. <laughs> you didn't have all the social media and all the communication skills and tools. And so uh, what would I put in my toolbox? I think the very first thing that I would tell them is to be open and upfront with your coaches and your school administrator. Um, again, I used to meet with my administrator at least once a week. So he knew what was going on, um, where we were at, what I wanted to do. Um, there was never any surprises. I think that's huge that you are with your administrator on a regular basis and they know what's going on. Uh, the second thing is don't let your coaches feel like they're on an island by themselves. Um, they need to know you support them they need to know that you back them and they need to know um, tools that you need to give them tools that help them get through, you know, coaching because low on coaches in this part of the country, I mean, right now across the country, we are low on coaches and, and anything you can do to support them. Um, I used to have a, I had a coach's handbook and of course it had all the stuff that they had to do, um, but it also gave tools on what to do. You know, how do you handle the parent that's being obnoxious? How do you um, handle it when a game gets canceled or a practice gets canceled? And so I would 100% make sure you have a coaching handbook that what they need to do, but also what they can do to make coaching a great thing for them to do. I mean, I loved coaching. I was very sad when I had to give it up. Um, but that's not the experience all coaches have. So you've got to give them the tools. And the handbook worked actually for me very well. Okay, that's two. Third, um, <laughs> I think the third one is networking. 
you need to network. And with COVID, it's been a little tough to go out and network with people. You know, Zoom meetings, yuck, I hate them. <laughs> but it's one way to network when you can't meet with them. Um, going to the NIAAA conference, going to your region meetings, um, you got to network. Getting support from the other ADs is huge. I, I know that when I first started as an AD, nobody knew me. So it was kind of like, ah, we don't, we don't necessarily need to work with her. But the time I was done, I knew almost every AD in the state and was willing to work with them. And they were willing to work with me. And it was a give and take. And it was just all about networking and getting to know everyone. And I know in most states, getting to know every AD would be a little difficult, but it worked for me, you know, communicating with them, letting them know that uh, I'm the new AD and here I am and what do you need from me and what can I do? So those would be my three tools. Sandy, thanks so much for sharing those tools. I'm so glad that you talked about, you know, networking. Uh, it, it is so important, particularly for that younger AD and even a veteran AD, just, you know, adding to that network of, of people that are out there that can uh, help them. Speaking of that, uh, if one of our listeners wanted to reach out and uh, pick your brain a little bit, uh, what's your email address? How can they reach out and get a hold of you? Very simple. It's Sandy, S-A-N-D-I, at A-S-A-A.org. Wow, that is very simple. And that's, you know, <laughs> uh, Alaska School Activities Association. Sandy Wagner, thanks so much for being on the Educational AD Podcast today. You bet. I, I enjoyed it, actually. So that was good. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll, I'll consider that high praise. Uh, for our listeners, remember the Zoom recordings of these interviews are uploaded to the Educational AD Podcast YouTube channel. We appreciate you listening today. Come back again next time for another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. And we also want to say thank you to Hometown Ticketing, the leading digital ticketing provider to schools and colleges. You can learn more at hometownticketing.com. Hometown Ticketing, simple and easy online ticketing.